Hello, hello. Welcome to another broadcast of Think, Feel, Eat. I'm Donna Reish, your teacher, your coach, and your friend. And I am excited tonight to bring you episode number 47. Let me set my timer here. Episode number 47, in uh, which is the fourth episode in a four-part series. Start out as a one or two-part series uh, about uh, qualities needed for weight loss and weight management. So if you're new, welcome. I'm so glad that you have joined us here to uh, learn about the Think, Feel, Eat cycle and everything that you need to know to lose weight after age 50. Specifically, my husband and I have lost 220 pounds together and we have been in maintenance mode for quite a while, trying to lose some more, but happily um, maintaining what we've lost and um, just doing the stuff over and over and over again and learning and learning and learning and then teaching others through weight loss coaching and through this broadcast. So a quick review, first of all, that qualities are built incrementally. So that means that we build them a little bit at a time and then we add more onto them and then we add more onto them. And that is how we develop anything we want in our lives. And we found this to be true during, we had children at home for 35 years. Yeah, 35 years of kids in our home. We found that to be true then. 32 years of homeschooling. We found that to be true then. Building businesses, running a household, life coaching, teaching, writing books, just everything. It is just the truth. It is just the truth that anything good that we want in our lives, we do not snap our fingers and make it appear, but instead we build it incrementally. And that is true about these qualities that I've been describing, the qualities, the skills that I've been describing here in this. Um, another thing that's really unusual about qualities and skills when it comes to weight management is that we can have great qualities and great skills in one area of our lives in a certain area we can have these great skills these great qualities um, we may be just an expert at something we may just you know rock on when it comes to our job or our business or parenting or home management or hobbies or whatever it might be and then we under do not understand why we cannot build those same qualities those same skills into our weight loss and the reasons are many, but a couple of them are that when it comes to work, we have, uh, we don't have the same types of brain, or the same brain chemicals and the same brain neurotransmitters, but doing something that is non-food related or non-addictive behavior related. So this is, this is um, true for anything that is not like we're not driven by um, unusual urges. And so the things that are controlled a lot by these neurotransmitters, these chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, um, cortisol, all these things, which some call those hormones, but neurotransmitters for the most part, the neuroconnectors in our brains, we, those things are the addictive types of things, the cravings types of things. So those are eating, drinking alcohol, you know, gambling, sex, um, uh, um, tobacco, drugs, shopping, 
all of these things that are just so dopamine driven. They're so serotonin driven. They're so driven by those habit, those reward chemicals in our brains. And so while we might be successful in something over here, we might not understand why we're not able to apply that same, whether it's work ethic or whether it is consistency or um, accountability or responsibility or thoroughness or whatever. We don't understand why we aren't able to carry that over into these other areas. And maybe these are the areas that are tripping us up. Additionally, we also have the, the uh, with food, we have the foods that are so hormone based, right? So with eating, we have, you know, insulin, we have, um, uh, you know, our glucose levels, we have uh, different things that affect our cravings that affect our satiation, our satisfaction and food and things like that, that we aren't dealing with in workplace success or um, uh, other other skill areas. So because of that, we have to work extremely hard. We have to work that much harder to develop these skills or to carry them over even into the areas of food and other addictive types of areas of our lives. And we here at Think, Feel, Eat, we learn about how to circumvent those processes sometimes. So we can, we can really you know, go around some of those difficulties through time-restricted eating. We can really go around some of those difficulties through um, understanding which things are going to spike our dopamine to a point where we um, can't control ourselves and how to, you know, get in there and stop that circular behavior that is associated with dopamine and things like that. So anyway, we learn all about that here. We have, um, Specifically, this is our 47th episode, and that's just for this type of training. I also have like 60-something episodes on weight loss lifestyle, um, which was an intermittent fasting broadcast. So now I'm bringing it all together here for Think, Feel, Eat. So while we uh, can have a lot of qualities and a lot of skills in our lives, the inability to carry those skills into our weight management, into controlling our television watching, into controlling our habit formation. Um, you know, we don't feel that reward when we first get off the couch to go exercise like we do when we stay on the couch with the remote in our hands. And all of those, you know, behaviors are, they will only be changed. We will only be able to control them through habit formation and through development of skills incrementally. So without further ado, first two episodes, first two qualities um, on in episode number 44 were thoughtfulness and honesty. And uh, they are crucial. Thoughtfulness, the ability to think, the ability to think about what we're doing, why we're doing it. Why did I just do what I did when I overate in this way? Why, what am I thinking that's causing me to have these feelings and then these behaviors? So thoughtfulness is huge in weight management. A lot of times people will refer to that as emotional eating. Sometimes people will call that mind management, thought management, brain management. Um, but it's huge when it comes to weight management. And then also that night, I, that day, I talked about honesty. 
which is my quality. It's not my word for the year because my word for the year is constraint, but it is my quality that at least the first quarter I am really, really focusing on for 2021. The ability to be honest, the ability to say, you know what? I'm not getting the steps in. I'm choosing not to get up and move around. I'm choosing not to run down to the Y and hop on the elliptical or the rower or whatever it might be. Um, I'm being honest with myself. I'm choosing not to do those things. I'm being honest with myself about how much I'm eating and what time I'm starting and what time I'm stopping and the quantities of food and what I'm eating and how frequently I'm eating sugar versus how frequently I say I'm going to eat sugar. So, you know, that honesty for you may be something different. If you're on keto, then it'll be, you know, honesty in your carb counting, honesty in your net carbs, honesty in going off and on because you can't really go off and on with keto and lose weight very well, right? Um, if you are more on like a virtuous protocol like my husband is, which is just basically, you know, like um, almost, uh, you know, very, very little fat and just all fruits and vegetables and lean meats uh, mostly, um, then, you know, honesty about, he and I just had this conversation a few minutes ago, actually, honesty about how much you're consuming when you do open a light popcorn bag, or how much do you consume when you do open a bag of pretzels? Um, so uh, how many potatoes are you baking? <laughs> so honesty in that area. I mean, for me, honesty is measuring and weighing and knowing how much I'm eating because I do macros. But regardless, that your honesty level will be based on your protocol. All right, then the next week, and uh, if you want to know more about everything that I'm talking about here, you can go to donnerish.com forward slash perfect storm. And that is where my tech girls put all of the videos and their handouts and their outlines, their audio podcasts, um, and the deliverables, the out, the handouts, the booklets, the journaling pages, everything there for you for free in order. Donnerish.com forward slash perfect storm. All right. So then next episode was 45 and that was patience and perseverance kind of together. And then it was self-control and, um, so in that one, in the patience of perseverance, I talked about, uh, you know, what is your level of patience? What is your level of perseverance? How much weight loss do you have to have all the time in order to feel like you can stay with it? How much, um, how many uh, treats or how much normalcy eating out, whatever that might be, do you need in order to persevere, right? Because, you know, you can say, well, I'm going to be down at this calorie level and I'm never having this. But if you can't do that for long enough to get to your goal weight, then you need to tweak it. And what do you need to do to be able to persevere? What is your perseverance level? And then self-control, I talked about the different, what's in between immediate gratification and too late of delayed gratification. And I introduced a new concept there called intermediary slash planned gratification and how that will actually help you stay on your protocol better than if you put that delayed gratification out there too far. And then last week, 
episode 46 was flexibility and confidence. So flexibility and confidence. Uh, flexibility, I talked about how we can be too flexible and we can be inflexible and how both of these extremes will really bite us in the butt, right? Because if we are so inflexible, we go off, right? So if you are so inflexible, say you are keto and you never, ever, ever will have a bread or a pasta, well, then as soon as you can't take it anymore, then you're just going to go, you know, completely crazy, right? We've done that. We've all done that before with something that was very, um, a very restrained form of dieting. And I'm not saying that keto is bad. My husband's on very, very, he's the opposite. He's on very, very, very low fat. I'm not saying any of those are wrong. What I'm saying is that if you have so much inflexibility with it, like you're never, ever allowed anything else, then that can lead to binging, overeating, and just going off entirely. So for somebody like um, with the keto, for example, they might want to plan one day a week where they have bread and pasta, but they stay under a certain number of calories. For my husband, who's very, very low fat, you know, he might stay really, really low six days and then go out for a meal once a week where he'll have, you know, steak and potatoes with butter and, and bread, with butter and dessert or something like that, um, while still keeping at his deficit. So the inflexibility can lead us astray. So we want to build something in that keeps us, you know, with enough flexibility to stay on, but not so much flexibility, which is the other extreme that we don't lose. And that's where I found myself after a while. I was like, okay, I have too much flexibility. I have too many treats. I have too many things built in that go above my deficit that I need for the next level of weight loss. And then confidence. Um, talked about two main areas we gain confidence. One, we gain confidence through success. So that's why I'm really excited today to talk about goal setting. So we gain confidence through success, but we have a tendency to think that that confidence that comes from success only comes from a success on scale, right? So that's why we need other goals along the way to gain confidence in. And then we also gain confidence when we get control of our thoughts through the think, feel, eat cycle. And I taught that in episode 46 and introduced it actually in episode one of think, feel, eat. All right, so today, three kind of qualities, skills, um, they are accountability, planning, and goal setting. So let's dig in with accountability. First of all, um, the very first week that I did began this character quality and skill um, series, I talked about uh, meta-analysis. So meta being large, varied um, analysis of 29 long-term weight loss studies. So a meta, a meta study is different than an individual study in that it takes many studies together and pulls data from them and gives you the results that all the studies together show. So it, those can be really, really good in some ways because they, account, they uh, make allowances for, okay, so if you just have one study and it has five people, right? You just have one study you're looking at and it's just over one week, 
or, you know, if you just have one study and it's all self-reported, ooh, you know, but a meta study is going to make allowances because all, because the studies will have, maybe they won't all be perfect, but by bringing them together, they're going to be more accurate. So it was a meta-analysis of 29 long-term weight loss studies and, um, you know, we know the data. It's not surprising that more than half of the lost weight was regained within two years. And by five years, 80% of the lost weight was regained. So um, that's actually better than some. A lot of times you'll hear things like 92% gain it all back, 96% um, uh, gain it all back, and 92% of that 96 of the 100 will gain that plus more. So I actually wasn't that terribly discouraged because I could be in the 20%, you could be in the 20%, right? We could, we could do it. Um, but it was interesting just when you think about the, the all the various weight loss protocols out there, right? And you've heard me say it before, and you know that I believe a person can lose weight doing anything. So I, I, I really discourage you from listening to somebody who tells you that you'll only lose weight through this method, because that just isn't true. And you'll see, because I've been in a lot of groups, I'm in intermittent fasting groups, I'm in um, uh, macro groups, I'm even in Weight Watchers groups, because I, I learned so much about food and um, fullness and satiety and uh, controlling your intake and things like that from the Weight Watchers groups, even though I'm not doing points. Um, calorie counting, my fitness pal groups. Um, I just unjoined all my keto groups. Um, not that I don't think it's viable. It's just that it doesn't pertain to me because um, they have too many calories for um, keto foods have can have too many calories for somebody who is eating keto recipes can have too many calories for somebody who's eating all three macronutrients. Right. Like my husband is successful because he cuts out fat almost entirely. Keto people are successful because they cut out carbs almost entirely. But when you get these keto recipes and you use those for your regular diet, you are having, oh my word, I think about some of the recipes on my blog, which if you're a keto person, I have some great recipes on my blog, um, DonnaReach.com. But some of those are like 560 calorie desserts. I mean, that's, you know, that's, 40% of what I eat in a day. I cannot have a bar or a square or a dessert that has that many calories in it, even if it's sugar-free. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, but some of the most successful programs out there continue to be and will always probably be those that have built-in accountability. So um, you've heard me talk about like Overeaters Anonymous and Food Anonymous, Bright Line Eating. Um, these are groups where um, Bright Line isn't specific this way, but the other ones are very much like 12-step programs where you have a consistency concept. And if you break it, then you kind of start over type of idea. Um, but there's so much accountability built into those. You think about uh, people who are in AA, you know, I, I don't know that much about it myself, but I've seen it on movies and television shows and things like that. And there's like, you know, within an hour of you, you can have like, I don't even know, 10 or 20 meetings in a day. And now online, you know, you can hop on meetings probably 
every 15 minutes if you needed to around the world. Maybe every minute there's a meeting going on. I don't know, maybe every five minutes, but um, so, so, so much accountability. Um, Brightline doesn't really have that consistency where, you know, you fall off and then you're like, oh man, I fell off kind of thing. Um, but it does have that very, very, very strict kind of, we never eat these things ever, never, 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 ever. And, um, but regardless of whether you think the never, never is the virtuous eating, the, um, you know, not my food people, that's what they call it, NMF, not my food, because they have a, uh, allowed food list and they never eat the others. I mean, like never, like not even on Christmas, they're not supposed to. So, or vacation or anytime. But regardless of what you think of that particular approach, they have a lot of built-in accountability. Uh, the same thing is true with Weight Watchers, right? And any type of program where you go in every week and you're weighed in and, you know, rewarded specifically for weight loss. Um, I think of, I used to be in tops, take off pounds sensibly. And I was actually the like regional queen one time. I was the queen of tops. I lost the most. That was the first time I lost hundred pounds. And um, this is the second time, but that was the first time. And um, I uh, was a lot, lot smaller than I am now, but I was a lot younger too. Um, but we had weekly meetings. We had weigh-ins. We had you know, everybody, we had the high, the high loser, the best loser for the day, you know, the best loser for the month, you know, that type of thing, that accountability, hospital programs, where you get your meals there, or you drink the drinks there, those also have built in accountability. So the truth is that different people need different levels of accountability. So some people really thrive on those, you know, accountability type of groups, right? And you stop and think about, um, you know, Facebook, you stop and think about groups on Facebook, they are all about accountability, right? They are taking the place of some of these other things. So you'll see people in there to complete strangers say, I, you know, I really, really need help. I, I've fallen off the wagon or, you know, I just can't, you know, stop cheating on this or I can't stop eating that or whatever. And you, you'll see it, you know, built in to their, um, into the fabric, their culture of those Facebook groups, right? And so that is a different level of accountability though, right? That is a, you know, kind of optional, you know, unless you do something that's more accountable, like we had the drop eight pounds by Christmas in November and December, where we had daily accountability in the group where there was a threat and you were supposed to comment on, um, you know, whether you did your first four from my first four, um, steps for weight loss. Uh, and there's a journal page for that as well. Um, and lots of training around it. You can just go uh, search at donnerys.com for first four. It's also in the perfect storm setup. Um, but, you know, from that level where there's a, a daily accountability, but even that you can drop off, you can drop on, you know, but then these other ones where you weigh in and everything, um, and especially ones where you pay a lot of money, like hospital drinks and hospital where you go pick up your food each week and you weigh in or gastric bypass where you go in and check in and so on. So all different levels of accountability. So one of the important things about accountability and weight loss is knowing what type you need, right? What, what is your type? What is your type of accountability? So, um, you know, 
like I have a lot of accountability here in my home because my husband and I have lost weight together. So the last, the last, well, all of his 120 and my last 50. So the last 170 that we lost, we lost together, right? Where we were working together, weighing each week, you know, encouraging each other. So we kind of had built in accountability here with each other. And we still do. We're still like, you know, I thought today was no sugar day. <laughs> That's what they'll say to me. Or I'll say to him, if you open that pack of pretzels, you know, you're going to eat 800 calories before you know it, you know? So I don't know, really know that that's the best accountability for marriage, but <laughs> so, um, but knowing your level of accountability that you need can be very, very helpful. And that's one reason why macronutrient coaching, weight loss, coaching, life coaching, not just in weight loss, but in other areas, life coaching. I am also a time management coach, you know, that, all of the areas that we want improvements in our lives, why coaching is so successful, because you have that weekly accountability. I had a client tell me last week, you know, no matter what was going wrong, no matter how rough things got, and, and hers was primarily time management, no matter how things, how things felt out of whack, I knew that on Friday, we were going to fix it together. <laughs> and I loved her for that. I love that she said that because I love helping people fix what they want to fix. Um, but that is another level of accountability. So you can check out DonnaReach.com forward slash coaching if you would like that level of accountability. All right, I want to move into planning and goal setting. They're kind of, uh, they're pretty linked, right? But again, knowing just what I just said about accountability, the type and the, and the level and the extent of accountability that you need is true. And the same is true of planning, knowing yourself. What type of planner are you and what type of dieter are you? Because that comes into play a lot. Like in the macros group, they're always showing their meal prep and, you know, they're doing those containers and they have them all laid out with their, you know, couscous or um, quinoa or brown rice or collie rice and, you know, their protein and their vegetables and, you know, the divided trays and they're all sitting out and they're there for the week. And that's just not me. I'm just not, for one thing, I eat way more simply than that. I like to just keep, you know, my food really, really simple. I, you know, I do have a protein level, but it's not as high as what some of those people are doing. Um, but that's, that's just not me. I don't want a refrigerator full of individual meals that I spent all of Sunday afternoon making. I just keep things really, really simple. I keep some French fries in there. I buy some pre-mashed potatoes. I have potatoes that I can bake. I always have frozen vegetables. I have my bagged salad. I don't like a lot of different things. And so that's not the kind of planner that I am, right? And so um, I have my air fryer. I have, you know, I use a lot of convenience things now, and I didn't used to do that when I had kids. Everything was homemade and from scratch and, you know, more cost-effective. Just cooking, just buying for two of us, you know, where I'm buying, you know, the pre-made Bob Evans mashed potatoes and weighing them on my scale and, you know, having them with my chicken breast. So, um, because potatoes are life. <laughs> and um, so knowing what kind of planner you are, and then that leads me to one of my uh, articles several weeks back called what will you really do it's important in noting in your planning 
what type of dieter you are, what type of planner you are, and what you will really do, right? Because it's so easy to say, well, I'm going to do what they do. I'm going to make all of those meals. And, you know, I'm ordering my containers on Amazon and I'm, you know, buying my bag of brown rice and I'm, you know, buying my chicken breast and I got my marinade ingredients already. And, and, and then finding out that that's not really you, <laughs> right? And it's okay. That's one thing that I feel like accountability can really hurt us in is that we can see those things in these groups and in meetings and things like that. And we think we have to do that to be successful. What we have to do to be successful is whatever we will really do. That's it. That's what we have to do to be successful. To be successful, we have to do whatever we will do to be successful. There's one of those circles again that I keep teaching about, right? But that's true. That is what will lead to success. Meal prepping will not lead to success unless that's something that you really do. It'll something only leads to success when you will really do it. All right. So planning can be as simple as the first four journal sheet. It's got four quads. It takes three minutes. You write on here what time you're going to start eating, what time you're going to stop eating today, or you do it the night before. You write over here how many, how much water you're going to drink. You write over here what time you're going to turn off your electronics and how many hours of sleep you got last night or you're going to get tonight. You can do it either way. And then you write over here uh, how many times you're going to eat and what you're going to eat. Okay, That is the simplest form of planning that you can do. The very, very, very simplest. I think it's also important to note that we need to stop saying to ourselves that we're not this or we're not that. Like, I can get really get hung up on, I'm just not a, um, a vegetable eater, right? Rather than just saying, you know what? I don't like a lot of different vegetables, but I eat my green beans and my romaine lettuce. And you know most people don't consider corn vegetable, but I eat that, <laughs> right? And we can also do the same thing with planning. We can say, I'm just not a planner. I'm just, that's just not me. Okay, you don't have to be a planner to plan your weight loss. Planning your weight loss can be as simple as taking a sticky pad, like this little one even, <laughs> and writing on it what you're gonna do today. Boom, the, four, the four, first four journal sheet, boom, right? On your phone writing in your notes section, what you're going to eat. Or it can be as elaborate as something like with macro, new, macro counting, where you put everything into my fitness pal or my macros, one of the apps, you weigh all of your food on a scale and you get, you make sure you don't go over a certain calorie limit and you make sure you don't go under a certain protein limit and you weigh and measure everything. So it can be as simple as writing something on a sticky note or on the note section of your phone or as elaborate as that. And so rather than saying, I'm not a planner, you'd be a lot better off saying, this is my type of planning. This is the kind of planner that I am. I'm the kind of planner who fills in this first four sheet and that's it. Like my husband, he's not a planner but he plans, he's not a planner when it comes to food and dieting, he plans it by buying certain foods, having them here and eating those. That's his plan because he doesn't mind 
having a virtuous diet, virtuous diet being his 90% um, of the time eating his food list that he has for himself. Okay. I don't want to eat his food list. So my plan is more extensive in planning, but I'm having, to, but we're having to choose between simple and very calorie, low calorie foods all the time, like he has, or a little bit more planning if we want to eat more foods, or if we want to include sugar, if we want to include calorie dense foods, then that requires more planning. So I think rather than saying I'm not a planner, we should just say I'm this type of planner, right? And then fulfill that because if you get in your head that this is the kind of planner you are, it'll be a lot easier to fulfill it. All right, I'm just gonna touch on goal setting because I'm already over my 30 minute, my new 30 minute mark that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but there are three or four things I want to leave you with with goal setting. First of all, um, your goal, your weight, weekly weight loss goals or your monthly, however you divide it up, those must match your protocol. So if your protocol, suppose your new weight, you're going to need 1,500 calories, but you're not ready to go down to 1,500 calories and you only wanna stay at 1700, then you have to accept a slower weight loss. Your weight loss goals have to be consistent with your intake. Suppose you eventually get 1500, but you wanna lose fast. So you're going down to 1200. Then you would have a one pound a week or one and a half pound a week goal, a one pound a week or one and a half pound a week loss. These have to match, right? That is called reality. <laughs> that is called realistic weight loss planning and goal setting. Making the intake match, making their, your goals match your intake or making your intake match your goals, right? It's both the same things, but they have to match each other. Um, also around goal setting, you can set a goal like I'm going to go down to 1600 for a while and then I'm going to go down to 1400 for a month or two or three then I'm going to go back up to the 1500 maintenance and you can you can do it incrementally also next um, is being sure that you have non-weight goals so I have non-weight goals every single day I have non-weight goals that include my sleep seven and a half hours every night. I have non-weight goals that include X number of strength training workouts per week. I have non-weight goals that include X number of steps. I have non-weight goals that include certain hours of eating. I have non-weight goals that include certain levels of protein. I have non-weight goals that include certain number of push-ups. I have non-weight goals that include certain amount of self-coaching and uh, journaling and helping myself with weight loss through that. I have non-weight loss goals of doing certain things every morning and certain things every night, which is gonna be the next two episodes. I'm so excited to bring you those. So it's really important to have non-weight goals. We talked about non-weight like pants and jeans. I still have those little teeny size eight jeans hanging on my bathroom door waiting for me to get into that next size, to get into those jeans, right? That is a non-weight goal. 
All right. So don't make all of your goals based on on based on weight. Make them based on incremental habits as well. Make them based on things that you are doing along the way to get there. All righty. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this final episode in the series of um, qualities needed for weight loss and weight management. I really appreciate you joining me and trusting me to give you good information that will help you with your weight loss journey. Uh, check out DonnaReach.com forward slash coaching if you want that other level of accountability. Otherwise, I will see you next time, which will be episode number 48, when I teach about the evening routine that sets you up for success the next day. Thanks. See you soon.